Welcome to Altiverse Q, your guide to the ultimate universe. Now in podcast form. I'm Luke. And I'm Devin. And I'm Chuck D. And DJ Lord. And Professor Griff. And Terminator X. And Flavor Flav. Nope, no longer week... Flavor Flav. Well, also no longer Terminator X. Sure. Because uh, this week we're talking about... Moon Knight. And Daredevil. And Shang-Chi. And Iron Fist. And Iron Fist's daughter. Colleen. And Kingpin. And Doctor Strange. But most importantly, Spider-Man. Uh-huh. Friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Uh, this week we are talking about Ultimate and J. Spider-Man. And J. Jonah Jameson. Briefly and Aunt May. But mostly Jameson. And Jessica Jones. And Kitty Pride, and J. Jonah Jameson, is is the bit done now? The bit's done. Uh yes. This week we are talking about Ultimate Spider-Man one hundred six through one hundred seven. Uh it's going to be three stories. It's a triple story week. <gasps> the first is Ultimate Knights numbers one hundred six through one hundred ten, written by Brian Michael Bendis with pencils by Mark Bagley, inks by Drew Hennessy, color by Justin Ponsor, and letters by VCs Corey Petit. And I like that we get a recap, because if you just started listening to the podcast, because we've been doing a new format, thank you for that. And also, previously on Spider-Man, he had a bunch of clones made, and Gwen Stacy came back from the dead, and she's carnage. Also, it's been like, how long since we did Spider-Man last? It has been a while. It has specifically been an... Oh, it's no. like at least two months. Uh, well, yeah, we only do episodes. Uh, the last time was January 5th. Yeah, bam. Two months. Mm-hmm. Since we've been mostly riding that Fantastic Four wagon ever since. And Ultimate Power. Oh, yes. Which is weirdly, like, they keep referencing that Nick Fury is gone now, but they never actually say why. Yeah. Which, for something as important as it is to the third story we're going to cover, is kind of wild. Yes, I would agree. Uh, But yeah, so after the Ultimate Clone Saga, Aunt May got hurt. She's in the hospital, and uh, Peter is back with MJ. He has not officially broken up with Kitty Pryde. And now Kitty Pryde is going to his school. Oh, no. That's going to be awkward. I mean, but you know what's even more awkward? Liz Allen. Being super mutant phobic, yeah. Yeah. It's great. So, Peter and Kitty finally get the moment to talk, and it's like, oh, yeah, I got kicked out of Xavier School because... Amongst all the awful things that were going on in X-Men, like where I was magically forced to fall in love with the magician or whatever his name was, mm-hmm. uh, I also tried to convince Professor Xavier to wipe your aunt's mind of the fact that you are Spider-Man, and it did not work. It's like, Papa Chuck, you've let a lot of things slide, slash you've done a lot of bad things. <clears throat> this is a mm-hmm. weird, like, final straw. It is. 
And uh, meanwhile, Daredevil reaches out to Spider-Man and is like, Hey, I'm assembling a team of Revengers. Uh, and this team is Daredevil, Doctor Strange, Iron Fist, Shang-Chi, and Moon Knight. Doctor Strange, who is the son of normal Doctor Strange, but his dad vanished, so he became a TV wizard. Uh, Iron Fist, who we only saw once when he got into a fight because a black woman was trying to steal shoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shang-Chi, who Spider-Man teamed up with briefly and then ran into again while fighting the Kingpin and Moon Knight, who... Ah, uh, yeah, he's more problematic than normal Moon Knight. He's got literal multiple personalities in his head. And yeah. basically, they're all like, hey, all of us hate Kingpin. We should kill Kingpin. And you know what the best way to do this is? With the cool team up. Well, specifically with sending in the guy who has actual multiple personalities forcing him to make another personality that will serve as kingpin's oh yeah and that's where we get ultimate ronin Mm -hmm. still better than almost every other version of ronin except for the time that blade was ronin yeah but i also never fully understood why blade needed to be ronin (laughs) Oh, uh, that was because he was hiding from an ancient cult of elemental vampires who wanted to use his blood uh, as part of a ritual that would allow them to form a vampire god that would have none of the weaknesses and would have power over all the four classic elements. Nice. He also dressed up as Spider-Hero, which was great because that was when Octavius was Spider-Man. I was going to say, I remember that. just got really mad. Yeah. Al Ewing is great. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so they're going to send in Moon Knight as Ronin, and Kingpin's like, oh, yeah, I secretly know about this plan because I have threatened Iron Fist's daughter, Colleen. And, uh, yeah, so go and fuck with Spider-Man's life. And so he immediately goes to Spider-Man's school that everybody knows about and takes a school bus right ro- drives into the building, starts shooting, which feels very different now in 2020 Mm -hmm. than it probably did in, like, 2007 or so. And, uh, Kitty tries to fight him. Kitty gets knocked out. Spider-Man comes in to save Kitty. He gets knocked out, and then Ronan's just like, oh, hey, you got these web shooters? Well, let's swing out of here. And he brings him to Kingpin. Like, like it's as they were saying like fuck with peter's life it's like i don't know this that doesn't seem like just fucking with his life that no that's like actively threatening people but yeah part of it is like this is a actively dangerous personality because while he's doing this we also see into his mind and it's like the ronin personality is fighting the other personalities yeah they did a weird like choice with how they did the Moon Knight personalities in this book. Mm-hmm. It's it's weird, like you said. I ended up rereading the Al Ewing um whatchamacallits where they merged the characters together because he also did the annuals from that and when I had a fever 
two weeks ago. I couldn't remember if I had read that or not. Oh no, Luke and his fever dreams. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, I couldn't remember that. And so I was like, oh, how much of this works? And ultimately, my point I was going to make was, Arachnite's multiple personalities make a lot more sense. Gosh, I like Arachnite. Oh yeah, Arachnite is great. But they make a lot more sense because they actually have differentiation. Because it's like, there's Moon Knight, there's Businessman, there's Young Girl for whatever reason, and then there's Ronin now. Yeah. Kingpin wakes Spider-Man up and he's like, hey, guess what? I could try and murder you as best I want. I understand that you're under shield protection for reasons I don't understand. But I legally own the rights to Spider-Man, and so as long as you're out there doing good and saving people, you're making me money. Dollar dollar bills, y'all. And if you ever try and stop me, I will stop you because I control Daredevil. And uh, you know this guy Ronan who you thought was a secret person? Well, I'm going to kill him. And then he kills him and is like, okay, have fun, Spider-Man. And so Spider-Man gets out after uh, a few hours and getting punched in the face by Kingpin. Like, it's it's interesting seeing Kingpin using some of that force. Because almost every other time that we've seen him, it's been him getting goofed on. Yeah. At least by Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And so Spider-Man returns to the Knights meetup that night, and he tries to punch Daredevil, and Daredevil's like, Whoa, what the heck, dude? And Spider-Man's like, you sold all of us out. And then Daredevil's like, uh, no, Kingpin killed my dad. Uh, how does he know who I am? Oh, shit, Kingpin just blew up my office that we're all meeting nearby. And then uh, Iron Fist is sweating bullets, and Daredevil's like, oh, oh, what did he do? And so that's when they come up with their Get new em. plan. Yep. Uh, they send Iron Fist as a distraction while Daredevil goes and threatens Kingpin's wife. And he's like, Get the fuck out of the country. Never come back and take your wife with you. Otherwise, I could have killed her. But Spider-Man stopped me. And so as Kingpin is leaving, uh, we also find out that he had tried to kill Ronan uh, with his men, but Moon Knight just got back up, uh, no longer Ronin, turned himself into the police and was like, hey, Kingpin tried to kill me. I am the superhero known as Moon Knight. Uh, you can go and arrest him. And so Kingpin ends up getting arrested while he was plotting his revenge, and he is sent to jail. And that's the end. And that's the end of that chapter. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a mess, like almost everything has been with the Ultimate Knights. Mm-hmm. They have yet to really ever work. No, I mean, part of it is they don't work together and they don't clash enough to be interesting. Yeah. They're like just enough to be a dysfunctional team, but not in a good way. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this is a lot better than, um, I'd say definitely Ultimate Electra on our list of 104 comics with ultimate spider-man hollywood at the top and ultimate power at the bottom and right in the middle is ultimate fantastic four crossover uh how do you feel about this compared to 
Hmm. Uh, Deadpool, Ultimate Spider-Man, Deadpool. Better. A lot better or a little better? Eh, a little better. Okay. Uh, how do you feel about it compared to Hobgoblin? Not as good. Uh, I do think it's a bit better than Ultimate Spider-Man Strange. Yes. So that makes it our new number 47. And then up next, we've got one of those famous Bendis one-shots. Ultimate Spider-Man number 111, The Talk, written by Brian Michael Bendis with pencils by Mark Bagley and also Stuart Eminem. They, at least online, they didn't have a full credits page for this one. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Reading it on the uh, MCU or Marvel Unlimited. Are you still reading these through your uh, collection that you have? No. Oh. You just didn't notice? I did not. Uh, I flipped through it real quick. Fair. Inks were by Drew Hennessy, colors were by Justin Ponsor, and letters were by VC's Corey Petit. And this is the one where uh, Peter and Aunt May finally have the talk about Peter being Spider-Man and why well and like how he got his powers and why he got them and it's interesting because we find out that while peter blamed himself for uncle ben's death aunt may also blamed herself because they moved into a house and it's an interesting character moment because aunt may gets more characterization than i feel like she does a lot of the time Mm -hmm. but like some of the moments here work really well this is a classic, like, little one-shot that they did for Ultimate Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. As you get a nice little, like, relationship-building moment between her mom and her son. Also, we get the ultimate spot. But that sort of falls into the Bendis, oh, I'm just going to make a whole bunch of text in here. Mm-hmm. And not really make it a comic as much as an illustrated story. Yes. Which... I, I'm less keen on that. I mean, I agree. At least this time you can always tell who everyone is. When the dialogue mm-hmm. is happening. Fair, fair. Uh, yeah, and so at the end, Aunt May is fine with it, and uh, they're going to keep the secret, and the two of them hug it out, which is nice. Keep it secret. Keep it Keep it safe. safe. Uh, so, other Spider-Man, uh, yep, uh, the two other Spider-Man one-shots that we have, I don't think this is the strongest one that we've had. I would agree. Because, like, there was Sidetracked and some of the others, but I don't necessarily know if it's as low as Dumped or One Half. I would say it's better than Dumped. Uh, well, and One Half is the multiple sides of the story stealing shoes oh yeah which... it was better than that yeah uh how do you feel about it uh compared to ultimate marvel team up spider-man and the x-men better uh <laughs> i think it's definitely better than ultimate spider-man super special yeah i'd agree um <laughs> uh detention I don't think it's as good as Detention. I was going to say, I also don't think it's as good. 
uh, how about it compared to Silver Sable? Because that, if I remember, did some uh, similar text-heavy sections. It did. I think we could slot this between Venom and Silver Sable. Yeah. So our new number 28 is Ultimate Spider-Man number 111, The Talk. And then, last but not least, we have Ultimate Spider-Man number 112 through 117, Death of a Goblin. Where pencils are completely by Stuart Eminem with inks by Wade Von Grawbadger. And then colors were, and letters were by the same person. Or, and then colors and letters were by Justin Ponsor and VC's Corey Petit, respectively. And... It's another classic this... time for the Shocker. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, this time the Shocker is stopped by Spider-Man and Kitty Pride, And... He doesn't even go for the quilted suit really anymore. No. He really he really hasn't much no. at all in the Ultimate Universe, especially those cool sunglasses. Mm-hmm. And uh we also get Norman Osborne deciding that he really cares about his legacy now because he's all hopped up on Oz, and so he wants to make that deal with Nick Fury to design weapons, and unfortunately Nick Fury isn't here. We're not going to reference where he is, but he's not here. And instead in charge is Carol Danvers, who gets a weird personality here. Yeah. Not she's quite sort like of, the other ones we've had before. Yeah, she's weirdly catty here a lot of the time. Interesting and, uh, choice, Mr. Bendis. Mm-hmm. Not the first time you would ruin Carol's personality. <laughs> oh, shit. Bam. Zing. And uh, we also get the classic high school trope of, oh, we gotta raise this robot baby, or egg, or bag of flour. And Oh uh, no, Kitty... I dropped my baby. Can I have another? <laughs> <laughs> no, and, Jean, uh... you can't just have another baby. Well, actually you can. <laughs> and Kitty... and uh, Peter and Kitty get paired together, and nobody really likes it. And we also get a really good moment where Flash tries to mess with Kitty for being a mutant, and Kenny Kong stands up for her, and this is where we start to get full-on excellent guy Kenny Kong. Mm-hmm. Did you have to do the baby thing, Luke? No, I think the most that we had, or the most that I ever had to do was like the, oh, you're going to roll dice and genetically figure out what your baby is going to look like, and then you have to draw it. Oh, interesting. I don't think we did that mm-hmm. either. Yeah, I was gonna say we didn't. I don't remember doing either of these things. Yeah, I mean, I know more about it as a trope from TV than as something that I actually experienced. Yeah, I'm assuming they did it at some point. Maybe. I mean, I ended up switching out of. Or I I ended up like changing schools uh after eighth grade and then tenth grade and then i was going to votex so yeah that's right and then you were a fancy boy going to your advanced classes my ap or you don't know nothing about raising no babies nope yeah i took advanced english once and then at the end of it the professor or the uh, teacher was like yeah yeah, you, you, you shouldn't continue on. You're not doing the work. And I was like, 
okay. And then I didn't read anything for the next year because we had covered all of that already. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remembered what all the symbols for Lord of the Flies were. Good for you, uh, Luke. Yes. So, anyways, Osborne gets angry that a woman is not giving him exactly what he wants, so he explodes the cell, which blows up the Triskelion, and he is able to escape. It's like he, you would have uh, thought that they would have done something to prevent that, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, I also don't think they knew that he could explode and escape because they thought that he was, like, calmed down on their cure. Yeah. At the same yep. time, Mr. Fury would have had backup plans. Well, this, this is what is... happens when he's not here. Well, fair, and this would have been Ultimate Spider-Man Nick Fury, not, uh... Oh, that's well, no. true. Well, no, I think Ultimate Spider-Man Nick Fury also ended up showing up that he could be flawed. Just like Ultimate's Nick Fury. Mm, true. Uh, but yeah, so, explosion, there's a bunch of people who escape, including Gwen Stacy. Octavius gets into a fight with Norman and gets knocked out. And then Electra's like, hey, boss, you need help. And Osborne's just like, yeah, meet me in a few days. And so Norman eventually escapes, goes to his publicist, and, or goes to his lawyer to pick up money. And it's like, I want to go on TV. Where he goes to have another interview with continuous bit character Patsy Walker. And somehow she is completely fine airing this interview without like looking into anything or the fact that he's gone and it's it's weird yo he's gonna yeah. get you some kick-ass ratings i get it mm -hmm. and he blames nick fury for arresting him and putting him into jail because he wanted to stop wars which would put nick fury out of a job which fair very fair uh, MJ and Peter are watching, and MJ sees this, has a post-traumatic stress disorder episode, and Peter's like, well, time to go see what's going on. So MJ and her mom leave. Peter sends Aunt May to go uh, to a hotel and hide. We also get to meet Dr. Miles Warren, who looks like Malcolm McDowell. Yeah, he does. Like, Malcolm McDowell should play Miles Warren if they ever use him. That would be a good one. I don't know if they'd ever use mm -hmm. him anymore. No, I mean, he... He would be a very complicated character. I'd be more likely to see him showing up in, like, Ultimate. Uh, or I'd be more likely to see him in the uh, next uh, 3D animated movie. Mm-hmm. 2022. It still seems so far away. It does. Hopefully we're also alive then. Yeah. Did you see that Mr. Lord and Mr. Miller were on the Lego show last week? No. Well, they were. Cool. Yes. So everybody's looking for Norman Osborn, and Spider-Man goes to his apartment, finds Electro, they start fighting, and S.H.I.E.L.D. gets involved in the fight, knocks out Electro, and then they also knock out Spider-Man, who wakes up in a Triskelion cell, just like Norman was in. Hashtag just like Norman. But then he realized that there's a giant-ass hole in the wall, and he just walked right out. Mm-hmm. Like, only half of the wall 
is fully shielded. The other half is only at 25, so he can use his spider strength. So uh, Kitty is studying with Kenny. She sees Spider-Man being arrested and runs out to go and try and save him. Uh, Norman, meanwhile, kills his lawyer because he doesn't have Norman's money. And because uh, and yeah, he's a lawyer. Yeah. So Kitty comes in, pulls Peter out of the cell, and Carol explains that, no, this is dumb. You're teens. I was using Peter as bait. Norman didn't go for it. So here's some guns. You're joining me. Let's go shoot a millionaire. They're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Norman has meanwhile gone to his accountant at Trump Tower, which Ooh. weird. Also classic. And, mm-hmm. They get into a fight as Shield is watching. Norman gets knocked out of the window along with Spider-Man, and Carol wasted all of Spider-Man's webs. So Kitty has to go down and save Peter. And he apologizes to her again, and she's like, Hey, is Kenny a good guy? And Peter's like, Yeah, you should date him. And so, Which I think is interesting, only because up until this point, we haven't really actually seen Kenny be a good guy. He's done better, and we've been seeing him more independently of Flash. I agree, but I still, based off of like all of the years of abuse that Kenny gave, I feel like it's a little bit of a quick of switch. But it feels a lot more like a Flash pushing him to that and Kenny finally realizing that was not good because mm. he got a chance to become something without Flash. He gets to be a superhero boyfriend. I mean, I think it's more of like a Trev and Jimmy Pesto situation. Yeah. Where Trev is alright without a Jimmy Pesto. That makes sense. Good analogy, Luke. Thank you. Uh, watch Bob's Burgers if you're somehow not watching Bob's Burgers. Bob's Burgers Except, is great. Except, like, the first season and a half is a bit rough. It's okay. Because they're not sure how to do with... Yeah. Uh, anyways... Uh, Peter goes home, uh, gives some snacks to the surveillance team that's watching him, and then he finds Norman in a bedsheet wrapped up like a toga. And he's like, yeah, I wanted to prove that I made something good in my life. I need you to go on national TV and say that I made you into Spider-Man, so I'll have a legacy, and Peter doesn't want to do it. And that's when he gets a note to go turn on CNN, and they are just like criticizing Bernie's plans and they're like oh a person with a Nazi flag showed up on TV does that mean that Bernie's got Nazi supporters and Peter switches the channel and Carol Danvers has on Harry Osborn and is like hey uh, this is Norman Osborn's son and Harry's like yeah my dad is a monster who turned me into a monster and Norman gets really angry knocks out Peter partially destroys the house and goes after them because, oh we, no, someone's dumping on me on national TV. Mm-hmm. And so they go and... Er, so Norman goes to the Triskelion where we find out that, oh, this was literally just a localized broadcast that was sent in. Norman turns into the Green Goblin and starts fighting. Harry transforms into the Hobgoblin to fight. Spider-Man comes in 
and tries to grab on Norman, but Norman lights himself on fire, which he can apparently do. And so Spider-Man's out of the fight. Harry gets pretty much curb stomped by his dad and is killed. And Norman realizing that he killed his boy. He abandoned his child. He abandoned his boy. Beg for the blood. Asks to be killed and is presumably shot and murdered. He's not dead. And that ends this week's episode of Real House Husbands of New York. And uh, Spider-Man swears at Carol for not curing both of them and leaves. And then the next day at school, Peter asks for a moment. Because he really hasn't done any of the journaling needed for his robot baby. And he tries to just distract everybody with, Hey, Harry died. Let's remember Harry. Let's ignore the homework. The end. I didn't do the homework. <laughs> I'm an abandoning father. Actually, if anything, though, that should be like a real life lesson here because if Kitty had actually kept up with the baby, then you could have uh, Peter be an example of a deadbeat dad. Mm-hmm. A plus Who- for all. <laughs> <laughs> and then Peter turns his own baby into a spider baby. And oh no, Spider Baby is back now. God damn it. Uh, oh. But yeah, Death of a Goblin is interesting. Like, it's a lot more effective reading the reading it the first time. I don't think it holds up under supervision. And also, it'd be nice if they hadn't led you to think that a goblin was going to die. Yes. Cause... But, I mean, it's not bad. No, no. How... I, I think it was no. a good one. Uh, how do you feel about it compared to uh, Ultimate Spider-Man Warriors, which was the first Ultimate Knights? Warriors. Uh, better. Come out and play. Better? But Yes, much better. Uh, Cats and Kings. Um, better. Popular. better uh above that we have double trouble which i think is stronger i would agree uh that was the one where there was the fake spider-man and gwen stacy's dad dies uh right under that is ultimate daredevil and electro which i think is stronger than this yes so then is it better or worse than ultimates to gods and monsters i would say not as good Fair, so it will go as our new number 12, right above Ultimate Spider-Man Popular, which brings our list up to 107. And Devin. Yes, Luke? Do you know what we've got? A question? Uh, yeah, we have three questions. What? I know. Three questions from one person. What? Uh, the... Yeah, let me... Uh, it's that was the, a Futurama uh, DC... reference, Luke. Oh, okay. As I was fumbling around trying to flip over my tape. Okay. It's cool, Luke. <clears throat> From the one where Bender uh, has the fantasy where he abandons society because there's the new robot that's better than him. And yes. then it's ultimately... Uh... Yep. Uh, DC Super Sons... Want to know 
Is baby oil flammable? Yes, it is. Just because it's safe enough for a baby to use doesn't mean it will not burn because it is literally fucking oil. Did you look that up? Because I thought I looked that up and it was not. You don't think that something called oil is... You think that something called oil is not flammable? Here we go. Baby oil. Is baby oil flammable? (laughs) (laughs) Share with the class. I'm trying to find it. None of them actually... Because when you type it in, it doesn't actually say. It just says, is cooking oil flammable? And it's just like, here we go. Baby oil is not flammable, according to Answers.com. It's a mineral oil, though. Answers.com says, oh, here we go. Let's see what Answers.yahoo.com is. Flammability is measured by its flashpoint. This is the temp at which vapor Um, above the liquid will ignite when a flame is applied. So baby oil, a paraffin liquid, is not very flammable as its flashpoint is over 100 degrees Celsius. It is combustible, i.e. it will burn if heated to over its flashpoint. Okay. Uh, Also, the is baby oil flammable, if you actually go onto the page, it does not have an answer written for it. Uh, the answer that they use is just an edited version of the is bath oil flammable. So it's combustible, but not flammable. Bam. Luke was wrong. The main difference. Luke's about to try to argue why he's right. Tell us, Luke. Share with the group. Uh, Dr. Cordero, Dr. Cordero responded that baby oil is flammable. Be careful. Where's his doctorate from? And in what? Uh, her doctorate. Uh, she is a pediatric uh, from Chicago, Illinois. Uh, she has been in the practice for 36 years. Damn. Yep. And that is verified by two other doctors. So that could be sort of the it's not important between the difference between flammable and combustible. Okay. What is the next question, Luke? Uh, The next question is what makes the ultimate kingpin different than 616 kingpin and ultimate kingpin is combustible but not flammable and 616 kingpin is flammable and combustible. Also ultimate kingpin's not mayor. Yeah and I mean he's only really in uh, the Ultimate Daredevil and Electra miniseries and uh, the Ultimate Spider-Man series, so he doesn't really get the diversity, and he also has not led a group of ancient undead ninjas. Correct. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the main thing. It's the lack of existence that has made them less developed. And it's not like the overall threat, like he kind of is, and... Six one six. Mm-hmm.
And then the last question that they sent is, why is the monster goblin a thing? And that's because, uh, you know, it, it, it's a different take. It was mid-2000s and everything needed to seem cool and big and edgy. Are you saying that Ultimate Goblin is not cool and big and edgy? No, I am saying that. Isn't that what, isn't that what he's talking about? By Monster Goblin? I mean, yeah, where he isn't just a guy in a suit. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. They need to I make mean, everything cool, big, and edgy, so they... That's why they created Monster Goblin. Fair, and I mean, I like it. And it's, to it's make a it a nice cooler variation. boss fight during the Ultimate Spider-Man video game. Well, and it's, I think, a better mystery if it's not just, oh, who do you think could have stolen all of this technology from Osborne Labs? Is it... The guy who controls Osborne Labs. And it's a better way of like tying him to Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. If it's both the Oz formula. But yeah. Uh, thank you for sending in questions. If you want to send us in questions. Uh, you can. Uh, do you know what we're going to be covering next time, Devin? Some ultimate X-Men. Uh, yep. Uh, Storm is going to finally finish her play. We're also getting some annuals in and some Ultimate Spider-Man. And then the Tony Uh, Awards for Ultimate Storm's play. Do you think she'll win? Find uh, out next time. Tony, Tony, Tony. There's one more Tony. Yeah, I realized that after. Uh, but yeah, also for normal Multiverse of Q, we're going to have a Bloodshot tie-in reference. Or a Bloodshot tie-in episode, and then our fifth year anniversary. Watch as Devin and I see if we were able to do nice things for each other or not. Yeah. I'll send in questions for that fifth week, uh, or fifth year anniversary, uh, on our Twitter at Multiversal Q on the twitter and devin where can people find you online uh, well you can find me online at fred Effet, that's f-r-e-d-d-o-f-e-t-t and luke where can people find you you can find me online on twitter at at coltreg that's k-o-l-t-r-e-g you can also currently find me on the active rpg pals club podcast at at rpg pals dot club online and uh yeah thank you for listening if you're liking the new format definitely let us know i like that we aren't just reading the strips that i wrote again yeah and i feel like we have better bits me too cool well uh it allows for more fluid energy Mm -hmm. i got fluid uh yeah we'll be back later this week with our bloodshot tie-in episode so catch you then peace peace